Hello? Is this Jocelyn? Yes, this is Jocelyn. Darling, it's Dixie. I'm sorry. I went to answer the phone and it like disconnected right away. How oh, are you this morning? That's okay. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> What's going on? How's everything? First of all, is it chilly there? It, oh, it is so cold here. <laughs> ah, that just breaks my heart. I'm talking to so many people and they're like, oh, it's zero degrees. It's somebody yesterday I was talking to. It's negative seven. I'm like, y'all need to get out of there and come to the south where it's sunny. I can't even see. Dixie, we kid. are in the south. We're in Arkansas. I, it is not supposed I, to be this cold. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. You got to come more south. You got to come to where the sunshine is. <laughs> You're on the northern part of the south. That's the problem. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Thank you for speaking with me. We spoke almost exactly two years ago when you were bringing Tupperware or Dixie's Tupperware party to the Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. Isn't it funny how time flies so fast? It I seems know. like just yesterday. Oh, Lord. I, I had so much fun that everybody was so sick and neighborly. It was my very first time to to, Ar- to Arkansas at all, not just Fayetteville, but Ar- to Arkansas. And I had so much fun. I was there for a week, and I had so much fun, like, running around the town and seeing stuff. It's just such a gorgeous town. Well, we are, of course, so glad to hear that. Um, I was unable to make it to the show. I was, uh, like, coming back into town, and my flight was super delayed, so I was really upset to miss it, but hopefully I can make this one. Well, this is this one's fun because it, you know, being that it's the pandemic and people can't get on stage and people, you know, we can't open the theaters yet. I created this one to be a digital show in order for hopefully more people to see it. But also, it's um, it's acting as a fundraiser. So, uh, the ticket money goes to the art centers to be able to keep the doors open for when the pandemic ends and finally we can open the doors and people can see live theater again. Because I know right now during this time. With everything shut down in the theater world, you can't, like, there's no money coming in because there's no tickets being sold to any shows. So I know it's been a real struggle for the art centers all over the country to be able to, um, you know, just to, to operate. And I know so many people have been laid off from the art centers and they've had to furlough so many people. And I've been really lucky because I've been traveling with my show for 12 years. I thought, okay, well, I have all these relationships with all these theaters. What can I do to give back? And so that's why I sat down during the pandemic and I said, you know what? I want to keep making people smile. I want to keep lifting people up so if I can do something and get it out at least digitally to people you know so that they can watch me from the comfort of their own living room without even wearing pants well that's perfect you know so that's that's how this all came about yeah yeah and so tell me about the development process of this show were you working with these venues or did you just come to them and say hey I've got this this gift for you here you go uh, you know, so I was stuck at home with the kids, which is so gross. But, you know, they make you, well, now especially, they're like, you got to educate them. I'm like, I don't, I, you know, so I'm trying to learn them, like, how to pour glasses of wine that are the proper pour for me. Because I'm like, that's a full glass, that's math, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and then I started, I was doing, at the beginning, I was doing a lot of, like, Facebook lives and doing a lot of Instagram stuff just to try to keep, um, you know, keep people smiling, keep my audience laughing. And I was doing these um, happy hours online every week. And I thought, you know, maybe I should turn this into a show. And I started writing it. And then when it started really fleshing out and it became a full show, that's when I contacted the art centers. And I said, look, would you be interested in partnering with me in this way? And uh, if I can get it to you, you can get it out to your audiences. And everybody across the board was really loved the idea. And so it just it was something that I thought of and came up with, and then the art centers have been so supportive through this whole process. Yeah, and it's not just one of those just vague statements of proceeds from this show go to the art center. This is, it's like the majority of the proceeds, is that correct? (sighs) 
Yeah, the majority, 80% of the ticket sales are going directly to the art centers. Now, you know, and so the other 20% is basically to to pay the streaming company that streams the show every night to, you know, for the infrastructure of the show, for the physical costs of doing the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, the royalties to the people that have, you know, directed it and, and did the lighting and the sound and put it all together. So all that stuff is, we take the 20% just to cover those costs, but everything else, the whole line share of it goes to the art centers. Cause my, I really believe, you know, if I can get back to the art centers who've been so kind to open their doors to me for so many years, this is what I'm capable of doing my little part to keep them up because, you know, when all this is over, I want to be able to come back. And I know so many art centers are struggling right now. So my hope is that we have art centers and theaters to come back to. So if I can do my little part, I'm happy to do it. Yes, yes. Well, uh, as an arts reporter, I am hoping that as well, that we can keep as many of these venues open as possible. So we know you partially for some of your outrageous stories. You know, when when you go to a Dixie show, it's going to be a crazy time. What, uh, obviously I don't want to spoil any of your stories, but what can you tell me about what we can expect from Dixie's Happy Hour? Well, this is about the four basic fruit groups, rum, gin, vodka, and tequila. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, and they're a part in your otherwise busy schedule. So I make cocktails through the program, but each, you know, every time I make a cocktail, it reminds me of the story. And so I tell all these stories about um, different things about my growing up and my life and things that, um, as it, it sort of made me the person I am today. And the, uh, it's basically the show is about finding the happy hours that you might be missing that are right in front of you, especially like when you go through things right now, everything has changed so much. And the idea, you know, everybody's lives have been so upended and I, we get overwhelmed by things, which is, which is completely understandable, but sometimes we kind of forget the great things that are right in front of us, those little happy hours that we're missing. And so this is a little, you know, a little embrace to everybody to just go, take a minute, take a breath, and look around at the stuff that's really great about it, because that's how you're going to get, you know, you're going to find your happy hours you're going to get through your day. So, like, you know when you walk down the street and you trip over, like, a baby, and you're like, gross, but if you trip over 20, and you're like, that's amazing, and you pick that 20 up, and then your day gets better. It's that kind of thing. It's about finding the, the little things. Find those $20 bills in front of you and going, ah, I, I didn't, if I would, if my head would have been in the sky, I wouldn't have seen that great thing. So, it's about just taking a minute to recognize the opportunities that are around you. Absolutely, yeah. So, there is no... Tupperware talk in this show is that correct? That is true. Listen, I I look at it like this way: this Dixie Tupperware party is basically like me at work, and this is kind okay. of me at home. You know, so this is like other stories about my life and stuff. Like you know, I have a Tupperware tumbler here and there that I sit from because I'm Christian. I mean, how can I not? But yeah, this is totally different than the other show. This isn't like Dixie Tupperware Party Part Two. This is a whole different ball of wax. All right. And will you be sharing any of your recipes? Can people make the cocktails alongside you? What's that situation? Absolutely. Well, so what I what I I have on the um I'm on the social media, and you'll see that uh, there's like there's recipe there's I'm making recipes in the show, and I talk about I do with little videos prior to the show that you'll be able to find like online um, on YouTube and stuff if you just look them up. And then I know that theaters are going to be doing like on their social media they're going to be putting them out. So it's separate videos of me making the cocktails that I'm going to be making in the show so that you can get uh, ready. Because it would be so sad if you came and sat there and just watched me drink. I mean, people can do it. But this way you can drink along with me, which just makes everything better in your day. So it'll, you know, you can get the ingredients ahead of time. You can follow the recipe. You can make it and then you can sit down and you can, uh, you can 
strength with me, which is just like, it's like kids' programs, but for adults, because when adults, kids aren't supposed to drink, you know, according to the law or whatever. But this way, um, you know, you can drink along with me. And, like, one of the things that I've been suggesting is, because a lot of people go to the theater with their friends, and in this case, that's not necessarily the possibility. So I'm suggesting uh, have all your friends get tickets for the same show, and then have, like, a Zoom happy hour before the show where you can make drinks together and you can have a cocktail hour, and then you can watch the show from your locations and then get back together after the show on Zoom and talk to each other about the drink recipes and how good you did and talk about some of the happy hours that you're going to be looking for in the future. Yeah, so you were building this experience for people. I'm doing my best because I'm so used to being, you know, obviously in theater, I'm used to being in the room with people. I'm used to having fun with people. And, um, you know, being there hands-on, and since I can't do it now, this is my version of being there in that way, you know, so I'm doing all these little videos to augment the experience, so to make it hopefully even a little bit more fun. Yes, yes. And, you know, talking about just it's been kind of a difficult year, and I feel like everybody, when you talk to them, they, they kind of say, yeah, I did this to kind of help me get through 2020 or help me get through quarantine. I get the feeling maybe drinking and alcohol played a big part in helping you get through 2020. Oh, my stars. I could not have got through without it because, listen, in, like, March when my kids knocked on the door and they said, school is closed, you're going to have to raise this. I'm like, oh, God. Because normally, you know, like, you send them, you know, your kids to school in the um, fall and you're like, see you in nine months or whatever that lady in the bus takes them and jumps in. <laughs> Apparently, they would bring them home every night. I didn't know that. I locked the door. I'm like, done for the day. Can't. <laughs> can't come in. Um, but they're like, no, you, you got to raise us now, and, and you got to learn us and everything. And I'm like, if they would have closed schools, uh, there would have been a note from the principal. And they're like, we got a note. And I'm like, Ugh, okay, slide it under the door. So I read it, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess, okay, they closed school. So, um, yeah, I mean, in order to get through, I've had to do something. Like, I got, I, I've learned all kinds of cocktail recipes that I didn't even know were possible before so that's been a good thing me learning that i've helped my kids to do things like um play games like go to your room it's such a fun game the kids are real good at that now <laughs> um you know trying to do things to just you know to, to make life a little bit better like i was fine with i want to do something when my hit, feet hit the ground in the morning i want to kind of take uh, assess my life a little bit like what is going to be great about today so that i hit the ground with a good opportunity you know a good uh, outlook on the day mm. so that I, i'm not i don't you know go through oh, how bad everything is you got to look at oh what are some good things to come out of today because I, I really believe I, it's the thing that, that that COVID has shown me and the and being stuck off the, you know because I've been on the road for 12 years so being off the road the thing that it's really shown me is how resilient we are as human beings that we're able to take something so major and oh, that's through everybody's lives in a tailspin and we've still been able to figure out how to how to cope and manage and I think people forget how amazing and adaptable they are mm. and so that's sort of been my thing to be like all right well I, everything's changed so what fun thing can I do today and of course <laughs> I roll over and there's like a bottle of vodka on the side table of the bed because you know I'm smart and everything and then uh, I'll make a little cocktail in the morning and it just makes the day refreshed and ready there you go we all got to do what we got to do to get through I mean. I'm in. I'm in. Now, what have you been doing? I'm sure you've been doing something amazing. What's something you did that, that you didn't end up doing before COVID? Uh, hmm. You know what? <laughs> it sounds really lame. I got back into reading books. I listened to a lot of books on audio before, and I got back into reading them, and that has honestly been really nice. 
isn't that nice to be able to sit down and take in, in a that world in a book and everything? I love it because I've been doing that too. I, I'm not even just the picture ones that my kids have because they're not as entertaining as they used to be. But um, yeah, I know I've been doing that. Reading this well, I've been doing it. Oh my lord, I started cooking. Well, I mean, I don't know if you, cooking is technically when I went into the kitchen and I was like, oh, there's the tequila, and it was on the stove, and I'm like, oh, that's what I heard about one of these. I didn't know about it, and so like I learned to do some things with that. So that's been exciting. There you go. Uh, well, I know I've had you for a few minutes. Um, I, I didn't know if you've got somebody right after me. No, huh? Okay, okay, great, because I just had just a couple more quick questions, um, but I didn't want to keep you over. Um, yeah, just kind of talking about resiliency, and I feel like a lot of people in the past year have picked up something new or really developed a skill that they didn't think they were capable of, and it's been really neat to hear those people talk about, I didn't know I could cook a gourmet meal, so that's been really fun. Isn't that true? I started, when the whole thing shut down and everybody's running out of toilet paper, I'm like, I gotta make some toilet paper. I ended up crocheting rolls of toilet paper. Now, they're a little bit itchy, but I will say acrylic yarn washes right out. Everything, so it's perfect. Um, so, yeah, you know, you gotta be resourceful in times like this. So, yes, I taught myself how to crochet. Now, I'm not as good as, like, crocheting, like, the toilet paper covers. Like, you know how some grandmas will have that toilet paper cover mm-hmm. that looks like a doll from the South, and you put it on, you're like, oh, that's so pretty. What's under there? Oh, toilet paper. Well, I haven't been able to do that fancy yet, but at least I know that in a pinch, if we run out of toilet paper again, I'm able to create my own. Yes, you are on your way to a fancy doll cover. I hope so. God, <laughs> for your mouth, God's ears, please. That's so nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought it would be uh, kind of fun to kind of end with just some, uh, if you want to call it a lightning round, just some quick questions uh, to kind of end. Not that uh, it's not, everything's not been on a good note, but, you know, kind of been talking about the pandemic, whatever. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about a couple of little light things really quickly. Absolutely. All right. What is your favorite cocktail? You know, I'm a traditionalist. I love a margarita rocks. I Mm. just do. I can't help it. Yes. And what's the cocktail that's gotten you in the most trouble? Oh, my Lord, a Long Island iced tea. I, one time, I had so many Long Island iced teas, I went out into the middle of traffic and started directing it. I swear to God, true story. People were like, get out of the middle of the road, darling. I was like, yeah, but this is what I mean. But the car's going to have to go. So, yeah. <laughs> what's the piece of Tupperware you used most during quarantine? My Tupperware tumbler. Oh, I got to split that. My Tupperware tumbler to put stuff in so I could put it in my mouth and my Tupperware wine opener. There you Couldn't go. Couldn't live without it. Couldn't live without it. Speaking about books, what are you reading right now? I am reading. I've got a couple of books. I am reading. Um, the, uh, oh, I got to get the title right. It's um, called uh, the, the Life of an, My Life is an Imaginary Friend or something like that. I forget the title. The title escapes me. Um, but it's, um, or The Diary of an Imaginary Friend, which mm. is a really, really sweet book. Um, so I've been reading that, and um, and I'm reading um, this one called The Path from Tony Robbins. It's a money book. I think I might as well be smart and try to learn some stuff while I'm, you know, while I'm at home with the kids, you know. There I got to pay for their school at some point. So, yeah, so it's a finance book, if you can imagine. So I've got those two going at the same time. You're a woman of many layers. I try. I try. Until the layers fall off. You're like, well, you know when you're like in bed, like with the reverend or whatever, and you pull out the trampoline from the foot of the bed, and you're like, let's start jumping. And then you got to take all the layers off because you get so sweaty, you know. <laughs> and what are you watching right now? 
You know, it's so funny. I was just telling this to somebody. I am the only person, I swear to God, on the planet that did not turn on Netflix one time during wow. this pandemic. Isn't that? Well, because I got so crazy with all this other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I, there's a show that I, I'm going to watch as soon as I can um, called uh, The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. A friend of mine actually was involved with it. And so I heard it so good. So I'm going to watch that. And then everybody's talking about this Bridgerton. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to watch Bridgerton. I don't know anything about it except that it's a Sonda Rhyme show. So I'm telling they, everybody's like, um, don't tell me about it because I just want to watch it with no, going to knowing nothing. That's the most fun thing. Yes, yes it is. And it's so hard now with everybody spoiling everything. It is. And my final question, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? I am most looking forward to being able to step on stage with an audience again in the same room and hopefully making everybody smile. Yes. That'll be my biggest joy. Oh, I mean, as I said, as an arts reporter, it has been so strange to not be going to performing arts venues for the last year, so I can only imagine as a performer. Yeah, and every time I talk to people, you know, in your position that, that write about the arts, they're saying, I'm so tired of talking about, you know, doing stories about things that are closing. It's so nice to a best story about things that are opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've been really lucky with that, with the new show, that people have been so responsive to it because of that, because there's just so little to talk about that's positive right now in the arts world, and it's just so heartbreaking. Yes, well, I am so excited to see Dixie's Happy Hour. It will be streaming through the Walton Arts Center's website February 25th through the 28th, and again March 4th through the 8th. This is a streamed performance. It is not on demand, so everyone needs to tune in at the specific time. Yeah, because I wanted to make it like you're going to the theater. So if you buy your ticket for Tuesday at 8 o'clock, you go watch the show at Tuesday at 8 o'clock. I wanted to have it that feel like it's in advance and so that you're going back to the theater. Like this is the beginning of open the doors up a little bit at the, at the Walton Art Center. And hopefully this will be more doors will be flying open very soon. Mm, yes, I hope so. And once we are able to open the physical stage again, I hope we can have you back in Fayetteville, Dixie. I'm crossing every finger, and you know I'm from the South, so I probably have more than I should. (laughs) All right. Well, Dixie Longgate, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You are an angel. Thank you for having me on, Jocelyn. All right. Have a good one. You as well. Mm, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.